the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Well, guess what? My teacher said that scientists created the building blocks of life in a test tube. Is that a fact? Did you ask your teacher how she knows? Was she there to see what building blocks were used to start life? Oh, Grandpa, it's in the science book, so it's got to be right. Science books once said the disease start because of miasma, or bad air. But that's wrong, so be careful about trusting everything you read in the science book. But there is a book I do trust. The Bible, the Word of God, it's never been proven wrong. And when I asked if your teacher was there when life began on earth, I already knew the answer was no, but God was there. Do you know when life started on earth? My teacher said about three billion years ago, but I'm guessing that's wrong, huh, Grandpa? Very wrong indeed. Let's go to the first book of the Bible, Genesis, in chapter 1, verse 20. Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth, across the face of the firmament of the heavens. See, this says that God just spoke, and the first animals came to life on day five of creation. So do you think God used stuff from a test tube to make life happen here on earth? Oh no, Grandpa, not at all. I agree. You see, for the theory of evolution to work, life has to start all by itself. So some scientists tried to show how some amino acids could be made under conditions they thought were around on the early earth. But does that solve the mystery of how chemicals could get together and become alive? Well, they might have found some part used for life, but that's not making life, is it? Sure isn't. Science should be observable, testable, and repeatable. So if life just happened by chemicals getting together, then it should still be happening. But it's not. You see, a lot of people reject God so they don't have to answer to them for his sins. So if they look for anything that explains how life started, there'd be no need for God. And if there's no God, then there's no sin or reason for a Savior like Jesus Christ. Oh no, those people are mixed up. They need Jesus like I do. And like I do too. When we trust the history found in Genesis, then the life we find here on earth makes sense. But for those who hold to the theory of evolution, they only see millions of years because they don't want to see God. That's awful. What can I do? You can pray. Pray for people like your teacher to open their eyes. Once someone sees that it's impossible for life to start except through a loving and all-powerful creator God, then they can accept the evidence for Jesus being their Lord and Savior. And that's when they will find the origin of life, eternal life. And that's a fact. And anytime you'd like to have more information on this, please go to sabsa.org. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane, president of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association, along with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams, directors at SABSA. 
we are here to reassure you that you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Carl, what got you to do this drama on life in a test tube? Well, mostly it was about the definition of life itself. There's a couple of definitions I like to read off to you. And one is a more mainstream and Webster type, and it says, Life is the condition that distinguishes organisms from inorganic matter, including capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. In other words, we get it old and we die. <laughs> All right, so that's life. We go with that. Now, NASA has changed that. NASA, in 1992, published this definition of life. Life is a self-sustained chemical system capable of undergoing Darwinian evolution. <laughs> now, wow. we've come a long ways from just defining life as we would find in the Bible to what we would define life as if we absolutely had no use for God, which is what the Darwinians would uh, say. They they're had. writing God out of it, and, and they're using circular reasoning while they're doing it. Absolutely right. Yeah. What about the Miller-Urey experiments we hear about that supposedly showed that these type of amino acids could be generated by chance in, in our uh, environment? Well, it was very successful in forming an amino acid group, some of the amino acids that could be used in life, but here are the caveats. Number one, these amino acids break down very quickly, and so once the amino acids were formed, they had to use chemical traps to separate those amino acids as soon as possible, as soon as after forming as possible, to preserve them. And where were those chemical traps in the early Earth? <laughs> That's right. And then it also has the other problem is what's called racemization, in other words, serology. The chemicals the, called amino acids are right-handed and left-handed, and the ones used in our bodies are left-handed. But when chemicals are made in this way, the amino acids are made in this way, there's an equal number of both right and left-handed amino acids. Now, this is a little bit complicated, but basically the right-handed is poison and the left-handed is good. So how do you keep the poisonous ones out of the good ones when you form the very first proteins and so forth, which is what the Miller-Urey is trying to say happened? And the answer is it couldn't. Yeah. It couldn't separate them naturally. There's no way and even his little system didn't separate the right and left-handed chemicals, only got the amino acids away from the system that formed it because that uh, system was going to break them back down as soon as they formed. Since these experiments were done 50 years ago, we found a whole lot of other problems. They were assuming with the ammonia and the other chemicals that were used in this experiment that the early Earth had an atmosphere very much like the gas giants, like Saturn and Jupiter, when they put water vapor, hydrogen, and ammonia in these things. What we found, however, in the deepest rocks that we've uncovered is oxidization. We found rust, which shows us that the early Earth had oxygen in it. And if oxygen were there, then this type of formation, even of the wrong amino acids, is physically and chemically impossible. Correct. Well, looking at it as an engineer, I look at it as they came up with a couple of bricks, as opposed to a building where you need plans and blueprints and you need people to put it together and you need equipment mm -hmm. and all kinds of material as opposed to just a couple of bricks. I would liken it more to just maybe one nail. They found one <laughs> nail. <laughs> You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. 
That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Today we're talking about life in the test tube, or life from a test tube. And I'd like to talk about another test tube experiment that was done not too long ago, where scientists took yeast and waited until they started to bud. In other words, when how yeast reproduce, the single-cell yeast reproduce, they bud. In other words, they have a, the daughter bud comes off the mother bud, if you will, and separates. So what this one group was trying to do was to show how multicellular cells could have evolved. So they waited till the yeast were just starting to bud, and then they would centrifuge that batch. Then the ones that separated, in other words, the mother separated from the daughter, they got rid of those guys and just kept the ones that the buds stuck together. So then they let those folks grow a little bit more and then start to bud again. They repeated the process. And so they separated and separated and found that after a while, they could indeed find a bunch of yeast that would stick together. And so they had a bunch of what were previously single cell yeast into uh, big clumps, which they labeled snowflakes. So snowflakes of, of budding yeast. And this was really kind of cool, except for a couple of things. One of the paragraphs toward the end of the, of the article said, oh, by the way, this is the way yeast used to be before they, we started finding them as single cells. So that shows that all they've done is kind of reverse time a little bit and that the multicellular yeast that degraded into single cellular yeast, they found a few of the existing single cell yeast that still had the capability of becoming multicellular yeast and they separated those guys out. So what has evolved here? Reverse engineering. It, it, essentially nothing has evolved. There's right. been no new information found, no new processes found. It's just a kind of a going back a little bit in time here, and it didn't show any new information being formed. Well, there's two interesting things that happened there. Number one, they are not performing a natural experiment. With what they did, they forced a situation that would naturally occur to get the results they did. But second, they showed that what we're getting today are these budding as well as these single organisms, which says that the things are going backwards. And evolution says that things should be going forwards in some way, some upward development. The Bible, however, says that the creation was made perfect from the start. And what we should be seeing now, because of the fall, is degradation, is everything moving downward. And in fact, that's what that experiment shows. It's more consistent with a biblical account of creation than it is with an evolutionary account. And I also want to point out that many people are all excited about the news of artificial cells, artificial life being produced. And the uh, J. Craig Venter Institute in 2010 announced that they had produced synthetic life. But what did they really produce? They took the DNA of a chlamydia and then they replicated it synthetically. And they took that DNA that they replicated and they put a little hashtag on it, if you will. In other words, they put their signature on the DNA so they they could determine which DNA was the ones that they produced and which ones the cell that they inject this thing into might produce. So they took the synthetic DNA that they autographed and stuck it back into a, quote, empty cell. In other words, a cell that they had removed all DNA from and put it in there and lo and behold, the cell started to reproduce. Now, what was synthetic about that was, yes, they were very good at making the DNA, reproducing the DNA in the lab and sticking it back into an organism, but they really didn't start any new life. They essentially copied the program and then put that program back in the computer found it from. So what was new? They were doing Humpty Dumpty. They weren't creating anything new. 
We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe. You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.